welcome to episode 631 of the Entertainment 2.0 podcast brought to you by the digitalmediazone.com. I'm Josh Pollard. And I'm Richard Gunther, and this is the show that puts you in control of your favorite movies, music, shows, and games. And Josh, happy belated Thanksgiving, but we got to see each other this year, so, you know, this is... This is the cool year, in my opinion. <laughs> I completely agree. Definitely the cool year. Uh, we we usually get together sort of almost weekly to talk about what's going on in our entertainment centers. And this time I actually got to see your entertainment center. Which we get to do maybe every couple of years. So Yeah, at best. Yeah. At best. So that was cool. But um, we are back with the show, but not with any specific feedback this time. So how could folks reach out to us if they wanted to do that? Well, there's a lot of ways, but maybe the easiest way is the old school email, entertainment20 at the digitalmediazone.com. But all the rest of our contact information will be at the end of the show and over in the show notes at our website, www.thedigitalmediazone.com. All right, so, but you know we need to get started because geez, there's so much news this time. Oh yeah, right, this time of year there's no news. There's not a ton of news because why would you put out news if you're a product company when you know that the only thing that websites are really looking to publish are Black Friday deals. Yep. So we are not going to really get into any of those except for to maybe talk about the Black Friday deals that we took advantage of later on in the show. Okay, so as usual, we'll talk. We'll start with some video news. And starting off this week is a new streaming device. And this is a new uh, Google TV streaming stick made specifically for Walmart because it is Walmart's on brand, which is spelled O N N. And it's basically just, yeah, the, the actual name I'm not making this up is the on Google TV full HD streaming device. (laughs) It's a really nice name. Yeah. Uh, and, and it does pretty much tell you almost everything that you need to know. It's Google TV, which is, you know, the same operating system that you would get on the Google TV with Chromecast device. It's just that this is a, it's less performant. It only outputs 1080p. It will not do 4K. And because of that, it is only $14.88. That is less than the cost of a lot of our streaming service monthly subscriptions <laughs> for the device. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and cheaper than the Google TV Chromecast device has ever been, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, and there is a 1080p version of Google's Chromecast device. It's about $30, so this is about half the price. Yeah, yeah. It was available, I think, for, was it maybe $18 or $19 for Black Friday sales? But this still beats that. Right, right. And this does come with a Bluetooth remote control that does include a microphone so that you can use the Google Assistant, which some devices, Amazon, Roku, those streaming sticks typically charge you extra for a voice remote. But when it comes to Google, they want you using the Google Assistant. So it's built right into this remote. This is clearly a loss leader to 
get people to use the services available through this thing. I have to imagine Google is helping to finance this. I mean, $15 for hardware like this, <laughs> clearly the remote would be sold for $15 if you were to just go buy a remote for a Bluetooth. You know, the, the Amazon remote, if you buy it or a replacement costs about this. So this is just a crazy price to get you in the door. And hey, good for them. Right, right. I, I, I would expect that this would work just fine for 1080p streaming. So if you've got a TV in a spare bedroom or something like that, this would be great for it if you don't really care about having 4K on that TV. So yep. I, I like this option. Run to your closest Walmart or walmart.com to pick one of these on devices up. That's so like, I hate that brand on with two ends. Yeah, I hate and, it. and it just sounds like you're speaking wrong when you use it in right. a sentence. Right. Really hard for podcasters to talk about this stuff. I'm sure that's <laughs> what Walmart cares about when they're coming up with branding for their, for their products. All right. Well, speaking of weird branding, uh, as we move on to the audio news, I'm going to guess that this company's name is pronounced Weem. I don't. I, I, maybe I should have looked it up to see how it's pronounced, but it's spelled W-I-I-M. So like the Nintendo Wii with an M at the end. So I'm going with Weem. Oh, but it's a big M. It is a big M. So maybe it's Wii M. <laughs> I, I don't know. Either way, I don't like it. But the product, I maybe I do like it. The, this sounds like a cool product. So Weem or Weem, I'm just going to go with Weem. Uh, has been producing some whole home audio type devices. Think of Weem as sort of a Sonos competitor, except that they don't make speakers. They make things that allow you to do whole home audio through streaming services and through your own connected audio devices. The one that they always uh, talk about are record players. Kind of makes sense. That's the trendy thing nowadays. and. So they've got a new device that is called the Weem Amp. And if you're familiar with the Sonos ecosystem, this is closest to the Sonos Amp. It is a small box that looks a whole lot like an Apple TV, and except it's got a big volume knob on the front of it. On the back, it's got a bunch of audio inputs and outputs, uh, which... Most specifically, what what kind of separates this apart from some of their other product devices is it has direct speaker terminal outputs because it also has a built-in amplifier. So you would take regular passive speakers, connect them to this. There is also a coax subwoofer output also on this. So you can do a full 2.1 setup on this. And then you can plug other audio sources into this, whether that be your record player using the RCA jacks, but it does also have optical and HDMI with ARC, but not eARC. And then you can play that music through these speakers, but because all of the Weem devices are part of a multi-room audio setup, you could have multiples of these throughout your house or some of their other devices. And while you could certainly use Spotify or something through all of these, B 
because you can also connect other audio devices to it as inputs, you could connect your record player to one of these and then have the music from your record player broadcast all around your house using something like this. The amplifier itself, it's about 60 watts per channel, so it's not as powerful as the Sonos amp, but let's be honest, 60 watts per channel, probably good enough for most speakers that you're going to plug this into. The I, I think because this is probably a brand that most people have maybe never heard of before, it's probably worth pointing out that they do what these other two devices are that I'm talking about. It's the Weem Pro and Pro Plus. I'm just going to call them the, the, the Weem Pro because the only real difference between these two devices is that the Pro Plus has higher quality components in it. You'll get better sound from it. But the the Weem Pro, it's designed like it still has inputs, although I don't think they have the HDMI input. Uh, but they're designed to be plugged into powered speakers or in most cases, probably an AVR. So if you've got a, you know, $500 or more uh, AVR that for some reason doesn't have the ability uh, to do, I, I guess, really the, the, the streaming services, but also primarily doesn't have the ability to do multi-room audio, you could plug one of these into it, use the Wii app or other things like AirPlay, Chromecast, all of that. Um, and get all of this through your whole home. Again, these also support AirPlay, Chromecast, Spotify Connect, Titles Connect service. So you can also use these to to pair together through, oh, and uh, Amazon's uh, Echo services. So you can use these in pretty much any possible way you can think of for achieving multi-room, whole home audio. And the perhaps the biggest differentiator between this and Sonos is the price. The this Weem amp device that is the new device here is two hundred ninety nine dollars. The Sonos amp is six hundred ninety nine dollars, and all it seems like it gets you over this is a more powerful amp and the Sonos ecosystem, which is. Right. Like, and that's nothing to sneeze at. The Sonos ecosystem is good. But if you didn't want to jump into the Sonos ecosystem, this seems like a decent competitor. Yeah, it really does. I'd never heard of this brand. So I fall into that group you described, Josh. This is a slick looking device. I think it looks a lot like a Mac Mini, actually. It has that kind of um, aluminum feel to it or look to it, but it does have a physical knob on the front for the volume. The inputs are impressive. What what's notably missing here, Josh? How about just like a regular uh what is it, 3.5 millimeter plug? Like just a standard mini jack is missing. And I'm kind of surprised by that because that's so common as an input source to these types of devices. But in terms of streaming input, geez, it supports everything. Even DLNA. Who still supports DLNA? <laughs> right. You know, that, that's hilarious that you bring up DLNA because just for, I have no idea why, but just randomly, I turned on my LG TV today, hit the input button because I needed to switch over to the shield from the Xbox. 
And I was like, huh, I forgot that the HD home run shows up in here right. as a DLNA device. I wonder what that experience looks like on my LG TV. Probably <laughs> awful. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, but that's the first time I've used DLNA in many years. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You mentioned AirPlay. It's AirPlay 2, which is great because that means it's the type that supports multi-room audio and can do multi-room audio with uh, discongruous, is that the right word? With devices from different manufacturers. So it doesn't really matter what speaker you have. If they support AirPlay 2, they can all play together in a group, which is really, really cool. Yeah, exactly. So if you've already got, you know, if if you're already somewhat into one of these other ecosystems, like you've got some of the Apple AirPods, or maybe you've got Echoes or Google Assistant devices, and you're like, I really want speakers for the deck, but I don't have a good way of doing this. This is how you do it. And it would work with any of those other ecosystems. So um they still feel expensive to me. Like 300 bucks for an amp still feels like a lot to me, but you're getting a lot for your money here. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it doesn't feel like a lot to me because I'm so used to Sonos prices. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, I, I know that I could buy like a $60 amp and a $50 Raspberry Pi and sure. hack something together. Yep. But it, it would be hacked together and it wouldn't be great and it wouldn't probably support all of this. So you get what you pay for it in, in a lot of situations. So that is the Weem amp. Again, if you've never heard of this and you're listening in your car and you want to check this out, head on over to the website for the show notes and we've got links to everything we're talking about. So let's jump into a little bit of gaming news. And the the bigger gaming news, I think, for this week is that NVIDIA and Microsoft, specifically Xbox, are continuing to further expand their partnership that they've uh, stepped into really as, if we're being completely honest about the situation, that, that Microsoft kind of felt pressured to do in order to get the Activision Blizzard acquisition across the line and past all of the uh, approval agencies out there. And so... What's happening here is NVIDIA has their own cloud game streaming service. It is called GeForce Now. And the way that it basically works is it will allow you to stream PC games anywhere else. You know, through, through a computer, there are smart, uh, smart TV apps, stuff like that. But it requires that you have purchased the game on Steam primarily. It supports Epic and some of the other things, but it's basically buy a PC game somewhere and then stream it through the cloud to whatever device you have in case you don't have a really powerful gaming computer. The big news here is that NVIDIA has uh, fully incorporated Xbox account syncing now. And so any games that you've purchased like from Xbox that are available in GeForce Now will now work. And what I think is the bigger news is if you are also a PC Game Pass subscriber, then all of the games that are in PC Game Pass and are available in GeForce Now, you can play without paying any extra money on top of your PC Game Pass and your NVIDIA GeForce Now 
subscription. And a lot of you might be thinking, how is this any different than just like getting uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which gets you Game Pass streaming from the cloud already? Well, there's a couple of differences. One, the, the Xbox cloud gaming solution is streaming Xbox games. They have server farms of Xbox Series X consoles that they're using to stream those, which means they are the console games. If you want to be streaming PC games, you can't use Xbox cloud streaming. This allows you to do that. And so there are a a certain number of games that are available in PC Game Pass that are not in the Xbox version. So this does allow you to play those games streaming that you wouldn't have been able to do prior. Now, None of this is is free, of course. Uh, PC Game Pass on its own is $9.99 a month. And then GeForce Now has a tiered subscription model. There is a free option. It is a very basic, they call it a basic rig. It's probably not even a 1080p stream. You can only play for an hour at a time. It is super, super limited. Next tier up, priority, it's $9.99 a month. It gets you RTX graphics up to 1080p 60, and you can game for up to six hours at a time. Where it really gets interesting, though, is the ultimate package. If you are willing to pay $20 a month, you will get to play on a rig that has an RTX 4080 GPU in it, which will support up to 4K at 120 hertz, and you'll have the ability to play uh, in eight-hour gaming sessions. And I think those other two tiers are also really worth pointing out when you're comparing it to Game Pass Ultimate's cloud streaming because the the cloud streaming that Xbox puts out there, it's not the greatest in terms of visual quality. That's really one of the biggest drawbacks to the service is it's basically streaming a, a 720p pretty noticeably condensed or compressed, sorry, uh, stream. It doesn't look that great, especially if you're playing on a really big screen. If you're playing on your phone, you don't notice or care. But if you're playing on your 65-inch TV at home, you're going to notice a 720p stream. So that's where the GeForce Now integration really wins out over top of something like Xbox Cloud Streaming. So this is available now. You don't need to do anything extra. Just log into GeForce Now, sync up your Xbox uh, username and password, and you are good to go. All right. Well, I think that might be it for the uh, weirdly named brand stories we have. Yes, that is true. And so uh, instead, we will jump to brands that everybody's familiar with, or at least one, YouTube in the gaming section. Yeah, that's right. Uh, YouTube, Google, they they don't they don't want to give up on gaming. So What they're doing is YouTube is adding a section called playables. And these uh, YouTube playables is basically a way for you to play a collection of games on your mobile, like right inside of the YouTube mobile app or the desktop app. You don't need to install these games separately. That's that's kind of cool. This perk is only available, though, to YouTube premium subscribers. And every single time we talk about YouTube premium on here, Richard and I both say it's not worth the money. I don't think that this is going to change that for us. Um, Maybe it would if these were like 
AAA premium games, but they're not. We're talking things like Angry Birds, Solitaire, Crossword Puzzles, Pool, pretty typical mobile arcade kind of games that you can just play for free right inside of the YouTube app. I guess it's cool, but like Stadia was a whole lot cooler and they killed Stadia almost a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really see this going anywhere. I don't know. I don't quite understand what the point is, but you know, if you have a mobile device, aren't you going to just load games you want to play on it? That <laughs> I would think so. I mean, you don't have to wait for them to install. And if your mobile device is running low on storage, I guess this has its advantage, but this feels more like a tech demo while they try to figure out how to use it for more interesting games. Like maybe that's being really generous with what I think they're trying to do here, but that's the only thing that really makes sense to me. Yeah. I just don't get it. I I don't know. Well, it's available now if you do have a YouTube premium subscription and Weirdly, it does have a date on it that says that these games will be available until March 28th. Like, it seems like they're just begging people to make jokes about how frequently Google kills things. (laughs) Not really trying to make that joke, but, uh, you know, these games do always have licensing uh, commitments and, and restrictions behind them. So maybe that's just how long it is. But I imagine that if they get any amount of usage at all, they will continue the contracts on some of these games further past March 28th. But maybe this will get almost no usage and then they'll just kill it all at the end of March. Well, and that's very likely it, right? That they have agreements in place with the game providers and they said, look, let's just give this a try. Give us four months with it, five months, whatever it is. And if it doesn't work out, we'll drop it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's probably pretty likely. All right. Well, that is it for our news. We said it was a light news week, but that means we get to jump into the other fun segment of the show of what's going on in our entertainment centers. Richard, what's going on in yours? Well, I have been watching some stuff, not as much as usual, because it has been a busy couple of weeks. So the usual, the the amazing race, I'm up to speed on that. We are still watching through Loki. That's kind of a slow slog. It isn't as good, I don't think, as the first season. Maybe it's just harder for me to keep track of, but I'm enjoying it. So we are continuing that. Watched another episode of the UK version of Ghosts from season three. I'm continuing to watch Fellow Travelers. I think I'm caught up on that now. We started a new show on Apple TV that I have been really looking forward to. And that is Monarch Legacy of Monsters. And this basically follows the, I guess you could call it canon of the last few Godzilla movies and creates a new storyline with sort of new characters that uh, you get to know from this big horrible company monarch that is somehow related to the monsters. So kind of cool. And I think we watched two of the three available episodes. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with this. And 
then watched a couple episodes of Courtship of Eddie's Father and the Bob Newhart Show. And for some reason, really not sure why we made this decision, we decided to rewatch the Tom Cruise version of The Mummy. Again, this is the Tom Cruise version, not the good version from like 20 years ago. This right. is the one. So a, a rewatch? Yeah, yeah. When you knew it was bad? Well, we couldn't remember how bad it was. <laughs> it was bad. It. I, I did not really enjoy this film. What's interesting is when, when they came out with this, I think the premise was that they were re- they were thinking of remaking all of these original horror films. And this was the first one that they were going to remake. And they leave it open to sequels, sure. But they never made any of the sequels. So there you go. <laughs> because this one was so bad. Yeah. 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 And then finally, I am still reading and hopefully finishing in the next day or two for uh, work where I mentioned we're reading the uh, book Measure What Matters. And I've really been enjoying that. And we have our book club on Friday. So I need to get back to that pretty quickly. Yeah, you do. And that's it for me. How about you? Okay. Well, uh, on the gaming front, I have been playing a fair amount of Forza Motorsport. Unsurprising to most people. Freaking love that game. Uh, a little bit of Diablo 4 also. And also decided to try something new. There is a gaming Slack channel at work. And um, there's all, every week someone posts an interesting water cooler topic. And I don't remember exactly what the question was, but it was something around games with an emotional impact or good story or something like that. And someone recommended a game called A Short Hike. I noticed that it is on Game Pass and it's only like a two to three hour game. So I thought, let's give this a try. I played it for about an hour, which means that I'm a third or a halfway through it. And it's cute. And the Gameplay is fun, but I wasn't getting any sort of interesting story or emotional stuff happening at all. So decided it's probably not worth me finishing it. Maybe I need to DM the person who recommended this and ask them, when does it actually get interesting? I don't know. If anybody has played a short hike and thinks, oh, this is absolutely the type of game Josh would like, maybe shoot me a DM and uh, l let me know <laughs> because I don't get it. In terms of watching things, watched a lot of football. Uh, Lions play every Thanksgiving. That was not an enjoyable game. The OSU Michigan game was a very enjoyable game. Love seeing Michigan beat Ohio State whenever humanly possible. And I think that's it for what I've been watching. Although I have seen bits and pieces of Loki season two because Jen and Eden have been watching it. So sometimes I'm on the couch while they watch it. It is an interesting -ish show, but not one that I'm going to sit around and watch. Uh, in terms of books, I started and finished another book by Blake Crouch, who I've talked about in the past. This is a book called Pines. It's interesting. I think it's even a series. 
it's hard to really talk about without being spoilery, but it's dude wakes up in a picturesque mountainous village, you know, mo- modern day-ish village, doesn't remember a whole lot about why he's there. Eventually sort of figures it out, but there's something weird going on with this village. And it's Blake Crouch, so there's always a certain amount of science fiction involved. That is true here also. Uh, It's not as good as the other Blake Crouch books that I've read and recommended in the past, but it was interesting enough. And by about the halfway to two-third point, I was pretty well, you know, sucked in and wanted to finish the book. So eh, maybe I'll give the next book in the series a try too to see where the heck they go with this story. <laughs> a ringing endorsement. Yeah, it's it's not it's <laughs> it's not the best endorsement ever, but I like it was an entertaining book. Um it, it's it was way better than that haunting of Maddie Rose or LaRue or whatever that book was that I talked about the last time that we were on. So it's at least more enjoyable than that to the point that I finished it, which is more than I can say for the book that I talked about last time. (laughs) All right, Richard, it was black Friday and the hideously named cyber Monday over the weekend. Did you buy anything? Did you get sucked in by any of the deals? I did. I did a a couple things. Only one of them really is entertainment related. And that was the Sonos sale. Sonos products are notoriously expensive and they notoriously don't really have good sales when they have sales. So I was very excited and we recommended on the smart home show, the sale that Sonos had where some products were up to 25% off. And I ended up buying a pair of Sonos era 100s for my office they were 23, actually 24, but they rounded down for some reason, <laughs> percent off. And those are going to replace my Gen 1 Play 5 speakers that I have in my office. And the, from what I have heard from various people who have had both, the sound quality of the Era 100s compared to the five, the old 5s should be almost as good. Not quite, but almost as good. The sound technology has improved significantly. And I have the Play Ones out in my family room, and I have noticed how good they are just playing music. So I'm looking forward to getting these in my office. And the primary reason for that is that, you know, I I have had these old Play 5s in my office, and they can't be upgraded to the new Sonos system. So they're still an island unto themselves and they're constantly disconnecting from the network. And I think I've mentioned to you how I actually have to use an airplay. No, not an airplay. I use like a wireless to ethernet conversion, my old airport express to run ethernet from my wireless into these speakers because they themselves don't connect well to my wireless. So I'll be glad to get rid of them and replace them with these two new speakers that will now finally be a part of all the other speakers in the house and I'll be able to airplay to them and everything else. So that was that was my biggest investment. I think that was like three, I don't know, three 
sixty, three seventy, something like that by the time you added tax and everything. I did get two other things over the holiday, over the long weekend, over the month long Black Friday sales we've had. They're not entertainment related, but I got a, a, a really good deal on an upgrade to the Affinity design tools that I use. And they had a deal where you could get every platform they make, every app they make, and an upgrade from your current version of whatever app you had from them. And it costs 70 bucks. I'm like, yes, I'm in. That's a crazy <laughs> deal. Normally they're $50 a piece. So I was very happy about that. And then also, I, I Josh, I don't know if you saw my tweet or not, but hell may have frozen over. I actually gave in and paid Quicken's extortion subscription fee <laughs> to get access to my finances back. And uh, I don't know if you've remembered a, my railing on Twitter or probably even on Mastodon, but when Quicken basically cut the cord and stopped service to their desktop application a couple of years ago, they locked all of your assets at whatever value they were. So if you had investments, you couldn't manually update those prices, <laughs> even if you wanted to. <laughs> so, you, so you could make manual entries, but you could never update the value of the assets. So basically the program's worthless if you're using it to track any portfolio data. So I, I was furious about it for, well, let's see, nine, uh, 20, four years, four years I've been furious about it. And I finally realized I can't, I can't do this anymore. I really need to get a financial program on and I don't want to do it on the cloud. I want to do it on my desktop. And uh, hey, um, FTC, these guys are a monopoly now. So maybe we should be looking into that. Perhaps. Perhaps. But anyway, I'm a Quicken user again. Those are the three deals. That's it. I didn't spend a ton of money. Well, I mean, you know, Sonos. But uh, Josh, where, where did your money go? Well, I spent even less money. Uh, well, good I, for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my uh, the the controller that came with my Xbox Series X, which I've now had for three years, got it when it came out, uh, has has started to act up a little bit. So, have you finally thrown it against the wall too many times, Josh? You know, I'm not really a, a controller <laughs> thrower. Um, yeah, not not really. Can't say I've never done it, but. No, this is just just being worn out. And uh, because I am maybe an aggressive controller user, I, I probably, you know, slam the thumbsticks too hard and, and things like that. But whatever. Anyway, uh, it's it was due for a replacement and Xbox controllers were on sale, including some of the cooler looking ones. So the Stellar Shift design was uh, one of the most heavily discounted controllers down to $39.99 from I think regularly $70. And it looks really cool. It's kind of purpley blue. It's it's sort of like uh like the the cool sort of color effect that you see when you look at like an oil slick, uh, but very purple instead. Uh it, it, it looks really nice. Outside of that, it's just a regular Xbox series controller. Uh, but it it works really well compared to my old black one. Also Decided to jump in. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna regret this, but it's not a lot of money if I do. Max was running a promotion where 
the ad supported basic plan, you even if you were a previous subscriber, you could jump in again for $2.99 a month for six months. And that is practically free for a streaming <laughs> service like this, right? Now you do have to watch ads, and I have no idea what the ad experience is like on Max, but Max has good shows. Max has a, a nice movie collection. So I figured I would probably, you know, make it worthwhile the the two ninety nine a month for it. That's there, a the, great deal. That's absolutely really amazing. Now, what's the downside though? You said you may regret it. Uh, just like maybe the ad situation is terrible. Oh, okay. Um, that that's probably the only downside. Or you know, maybe I decide that there really isn't anything that I want to watch on here. But that seems unlikely. I mean, the the movie catalog alone. Is is probably worth watching a few things and well, Josh, you know, fifteen dollars lost. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, there there was one thing I put in my notes, but my notes are so complicated, I skipped right over it earlier. I I've mentioned previously that the TV in my basement stopped working a while ago. Uh, it, it was a my first 4K TV, the Vizio M55 D0 that I bought in like, gosh, what was that? 2017, 2018? I don't even remember and. It just stopped. the The display stopped working, and I, I was thinking of trying to fix it on my own. And then uh, a local friend of mine had the exact same TV, but his kid hit it with a baseball bat or something like like his kid broke. The, the <laughs> I remember display. that. Yeah, and so he said, "You can have mine, and maybe between the two TVs, you can make a functioning television." And so I got his, uh, took it apart. I had. Watched some videos that seemed to suggest it was probably just the the main motherboard in there, which wasn't actually all that complicated to swap out. And sure enough, that's all it was. And now I've got a functioning TV, which is awesome for my basement. And uh, it, it it's funny though because that that board is also where the local storage is. So when it turned on. All of the HDMI inputs were named whatever he named them. The TV oh, was wow. named what he named it. <laughs> yeah. So that was funny. And I had to switch those around, of course, because I'm like, I don't, you know, he's got inputs called like living room and Xbox and Apple TV. And I'm like, I don't know what any of these are. So I had right. to reset all of them. But that's okay. I've got a functioning TV and one to figure out how to replace now, I guess. Or not, not replace, recycle. So uh, that's nice. I've got the, I moved the Xbox One S down there. I moved, uh, well, I've got the TiVo Stream 4K hooked up on there. Whew, that thing is not good. Um, I, I plugged it in and it was just like frozen, like w- would not work. I could not make it work. I had to factory, I had to figure out how to factory reset the TiVo Stream 4K to make it even work um, and then do a software update on it. And it's theoretically working now, but woof. I'm not surprised by that. How long has it been since you had it plugged in last, right? I mean, it, right. it's possible they've completely overhauled the back end and you're trying to make this front end work that hasn't communicated with the mothership for like two years or three years. Um, it hasn't been that long. It's It's been maybe a year, but... The TiVo Stream 4K was never a super reliable device. It had issues when it first launched. It did. 
It did. I hear that it got better, but it's it's underpowered too, right? So yes. it's only going to be so good. Yeah, yeah. It it does make me wonder if I just like it, if the Xbox One S is down there, then maybe the One S should just be the streaming device too. I don't know. It would mm-hmm. need a better remote, ideally. Oh yeah. All right. Well, that is it for what's going on in both of our entertainment centers. So that's it for the show. If you'd like to get a hold of us, we are online. I'm on Twitter, sort of, or X, uh, at Josh Pollard, and so is the website. It's at DigimediaZone. Richard can only be found on Mastodon now. He is just at Richard Gunther over there. I'm there too, but I post even less frequently on Mastodon than I do on X, so not very often. We are also back live. If you're not with us tonight, we are finally back live uh, for the first time in many, many months. We love having you all in the chat. So uh, come back and check us out. We normally do this on Tuesday or Wednesday nights around 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And, you know, when we plan to do it, we post about it ahead of time too on x or maybe mastodon so come check us out it's on twitch and you can subscribe there too because then twitch will just notify you as soon as we go live but that is going to do it for episode 631 he's richard gunther and i'm josh pollard thanks for listening to entertainment 2.0 adios goodbye